So picture yourself strolling along the vibrant ancient streets of historical cities, cities like Paris, Rome, London, Tokyo, or Barcelona. Imagine the Pantheon, the Palace of Versailles, Sangrada Familia in Barcelona, and of course the Tower of London. These buildings of the past have one thing in common. Hidden beneath their remarkable and eye-catching exteriors lies a robust and enduring base, one that's upheld them for centuries. Unseen to the naked eye without this essential foundation, all endeavors to create these grand and very exquisite structures would have really been in vain. It's this very foundation that has helped to preserve those buildings through the ages, inspiring all kinds of studies and welcoming millions from around the world, not only to admire their beauty, but to recognize their historical significance and importance. Now, I find similarities between these and other buildings and the lives that we live, especially when it comes to our work lives. On any given day, new buildings are planned and built. At the same time, some of the old buildings are abandoned and demolished. The same phenomenon goes to our work. Did you know that in the U.S. alone, there are approximately 30 million registered businesses as of today? 30 million! And among them, only 1,000 get named to the Fortune 1,000 companies. And among these 1,000, only a small fraction of them get to survive and thrive from generation to generation. Now, there are several factors that we know determine a business's success. And even if you have the brightest idea and the most competent workers, your business can still miserably fail for all kinds of critical reasons, such as wrong timing or maybe just current geoeconomical situations. And this is why I'm not really a fan of defining success by status or how much money is made. The point here is that achievement, it's not the same thing as success. Now, with all variables aside, I wanted to explore the core common elements that genuinely successful people and or businesses share with those stunning buildings that we've come to admire. So today's episode is really about two principles that I found to be essential elements that will help us produce results that are gonna last. Welcome to The Leading Edge, a podcast brought to you by ARS Global Emergency Management. The term work-life balance is one that we hear probably on a daily basis, and many companies who are active in recruitment really try to hang their hat on this offering. When we take a closer look at what people mean by this, when they say the word work-life balance, we could find different meanings are often jumbled into the one word. As a society, we live with uh, an incredible irony. We advocate ideas that often equal working long hours to be successful, and then at the same time, we resent or regret lives that are devoid of rest, fun, and social activity. There's no denying that workaholism is of grave concern, and it's something that wreaks havoc on people's physical and mental health, as well as their interpersonal relationships. It works kind of similar to an addiction that once it sets in, it's not very easy to break out of. A work-life balance, many argue, holds the key to resolving this predicament. We spend a substantial amount of time in our lives working. Regardless of the situation, work shouldn't really be elevated to the status of an idol. Numerous studies have proven that it's detrimental to have work as the sole wellspring of your happiness, contentment, and life fulfillment. Thus, maintaining a healthy work-life balance is essential for your long-term well-being. Now, I use the word maintain here with great emphasis because it's something that you really have to actively monitor. You need to give it the maintenance that it requires because trust me, work-life balance just won't happen on its own. So then it bears a question, 
how do we find a good place to draw a line between work and off work? The answer to this will and should vary by individual. The cookie cutter approach is not the solution here. We live in a society where the standard 40 hour work week is the perceived norm and many strive to clock out by 5 p.m. or so to safeguard that elusive work-life balance. It's a familiar scene for many, but what if this approach focused solely on the eight hour workday is inadvertently shaping our careers in ways that we haven't fully considered? Today, I kind of want to explore the notion that our commitment to leaving work on time, while well-intentioned, might be steering us down a path that's filled with unforeseen consequences to both our personal and professional lives. Picture this. The idea of working eight hours or less a day becomes the benchmark, a golden rule that takes precedence over whether a job aligns with our true talents and aspirations and long-term goals. Are we at risk of placing maybe too much emphasis on the clock to the detriment of our career fulfillment? I think it's important to be aware of the potential pitfalls of prioritizing hours worked over job satisfaction. Could our obsession with an eight-hour workday lead us to choose jobs merely because they fit into a neat little schedule while sacrificing our true passions and internal joy in the process? You see, there's an intricate dance between hours worked and career fulfillment that need to be monitored to establish health in our personal and professional spaces. A rigid approach that's based on an ideal can lead to dissatisfaction in both spaces. If working eight hours a day has become too rigid a goal, maybe we should raise a yellow flag here. You need to be comfortable with adding more time when it's necessary and focusing on finishing a day well, where you feel accomplished and a better headspace overall. This will add health to both your time away from work and your next day back on the clock. Now, I can remember a time working for a company years ago. I was working on a project for a number of days in a row, pushing to try and get it done by a deadline that I had created in my own head. Not an official deadline that needed to be compliant with any one person, exterior client, but just one that I had created that was likely based on some alternative motives. As the hours rolled closer to my fictitious deadline, the project wasn't complete, and I decided to clock out to go enjoy my weekend. Well, little did I know at the time that the majority of the weekend, my time was spent actually consumed with thoughts of this uncompleted project. In hindsight, I learned that had I given up a little more time to complete this project before the weekend, I would have both enjoyed those summer days to the fullest, and when I got back on Monday, I wouldn't have had to deal with the leftovers of the week before. You see, a little extra time would have been beneficial to both my personal and professional space. In the hustle and bustle of modern life, we constantly see ways to save time. Time save equates to efficiency and productivity. Across industries, in every effort we make, whether it's in the application of the latest technology or the newest management system, in essence, we strive to save as much time as possible to accomplish more and ultimately acquire better returns. Now, in the industry of emergency management, it's no exception. When it comes to assessment, strategizing, and restoring, we try our best to accomplish the goal as fast as possible not just to minimize the overall cost of a project, but also to respect our client's time and potential displacement. I couldn't agree more that time is the most valuable asset. I'm genuinely excited to see how implementing different types of technology from drones, robots, and AI to infrared cameras and 3D modeling can help us diagnose and locate an issue with greater speed and impressive accuracy. Because we cherish our time as a precious asset by minimizing the unnecessary frills 
and improving overall productivity. And then there is a but. What if we try to save our time so much that we decide to cut down the time that must be spent? In life and in business, there are occasions where spending sufficient time is a must. It's simply a non-negotiable. Likewise, in emergency management and professional property restoration, there are certain areas where spending sufficient time is absolutely vital. An obvious case is restorative drying. This process of extracting moisture and dehumidification to dry out structures and contents is foundational work for any water-related restoration. In order to appropriately execute this, only individuals who are qualified by education, training, and experience must do the job. In addition, the total time taken for drying must not be compromised. When a flood-related accident happens, a responsible and insightful property owner and or manager would get quotes from a number of different restoration companies and compare their prices. It's generally considered smart business to choose the company that offers the lowest price and or the shortest work period. The problem with that is that this choice is not always the smart choice in the long run. Many companies deliberately shorten the required work period to attract new customers. This is where they cut corners to reduce overall cost and time as a way of attracting those customers, but it's a dangerous move. They put the company's financial gain ahead of their client's safety and well-being. If the affected areas doesn't dry fully, it will cause way more serious problems down the road. Imagine wood structures that have severely weakened because of undealt moisture that's been trapped in. Think about this similar to your bones becoming brittle more and more over time. One day, you'll need to pay a hefty price. Deficient time in fully finishing up the work is extremely dangerous and must be avoided at all costs. This teaches us an important lesson. Invest sufficient time where it needs to be spent for the best results. Don't rush through just to show how quickly you can finish the given job to people who don't know all the hidden details. That's deception. Let me encourage you to choose to exercise your highest work ethic. Exercise craftsmanship, because a master never wastes time and never hurries either, because good things often just take time. I recently had the privilege of watching my father-in-law build a wooden boat in a similar fashion to the way it would have been built in years gone by. Now, this was a project of incredible craftsmanship where a time log wasn't really in play because what mattered most at the end of the day was the process or enjoyment and the final product, which is the quality. Were there restraints? Sure, as with any project we embark on. And as with any work of art or mind-boggling creation, few people asked about the speed of the project and become more intrigued and appreciative with the excellence of the work at the end of the day. There are no shortcuts to true, genuine excellence. Expedience and efficiency are really not the same thing. Sure, there are inventive ways to do things more effectively, but expedience can't be seen as an automatic link to effectiveness. When it comes to the very foundation, just never cut corners because it never pays off. I love to visit Algonquin Park here in Ontario. It's picturesque, full of life, and can usually give you an encounter with nature that is unmatched by merely watching National Geographic. Now, my favorite way to tour the park is via canoe for one reason. It allows you to slowly glide through the waters, taking in every moment to its fullest. A slight pause in your paddling allows you to capture a vista for your memory bank that will last a lifetime. Are there faster ways to get from point A to B? Sure, but here you take your time. And by that, I mean you grab a hold of time and make it yours. It's actually less about speed and more about ownership. 
That's what I hope you learn from today's episode, to take ownership of your time, because it's an incredibly valuable commodity that when used appropriately, can lead you to great fulfillment in your professional and personal lives. And it's here where I found the truth of a work-life balance. Historic buildings that have stood the test of time in cities not only astound with their ageless charm, but also stand as a poignant reminder of their historical worth. Their endurance over the years is a testament of their sturdy foundations. The architects behind them envision their enduring presence amidst countless challenges. Perhaps, for those of us aspiring to lead truly fulfilling and inspirational lives, this holds the key. So don't let your current challenge dictate your work-life balance, because difficulties come and go. Embrace the bigger picture and live in accordance with it. I believe that's the route to authentic, bona fide success. So let me wrap it up by saying, do yourself a favor this week. Monitor your time, take a moment for yourself, and find at least one way to take time and make it yours. Well, that's it for the Leading Edge podcast on this episode. I'm your host, Donnie Coos, and our producer is Abigail Chung. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or, of course, wherever you listen. Join us next time for another fascinating discussion. Until then, take care, stay curious, and keep on exploring.